Welcome back, Warriors. My name is Rob Wong. I am Scott Pagliaccio, and it is so fucking good to be here, man. As always, we start the podcast with some laughter, and I, I love it, man. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Scott's got me thinking about eating an entire watermelon. To my, like, I want to put it into the fridge and then just like take it out after a few hours and have like that cold, crisp, delicious juiciness. I think I'm going to do that after this podcast, but... Today, <laughs> today we're going to be talking about something different other than watermelon. We're going to be talking about how do I get her back? Um, and I, I think this is a subject that Scott and I have recently gotten some experience with, um, recently ended and then restarted a relationship. And we figured it would be a good place to like host that knowledge since it's so fresh for both of us. So that you can take advantage of it. I know one of the top things that people are looking for out there is how do I get my ex back? How do I win her back or him back? So I, I think maybe maybe we can start off with just like what's one actionable thing that someone can do to begin that process. For me, if you don't mind me going first, man. I, actually, I, I'm welcoming it because, yeah, for sure. It'll help me. If it's fresh for you, then I can like I'm listening and paying attention and getting really present, so I can then you know, yeah, just yes, yes, of <laughs> and, and I have little baby watermelons dancing in my head. <laughs> yeah, I want it. I'm going shopping after this. Um, so I I think the first thing is in my head, right? As, as it was portrayed in movies. I always thought the process of making amends and and starting up a relationship was you do like a bunch of grand romantic gestures. You, you buy a guitar and play it outside of her window at like 11 p.m. or whatever, right? Um, you, like you get her a giant stuffed teddy bear that says, I'm sorry, on a card. And like maybe that'll, that'll win her over. But what I think the process actually requires is more simple than that but also in some ways a lot more difficult um when when i think about the process of getting back together with someone where i ended the relationship or it ended on poor terms the the big obstacle in my way the main obstacle in my way is the hurt that i inflicted on the other person when things came to a close so if i have any hope of getting back together with this person it means that i need to repair the bridge that i burned and by that my process is like hey i have to be very patient with this person i have to be willing to listen to what her experience was i have to actively seek it because she might not know that it's okay for her to talk about it with me because i might get really sensitive about it might get really defensive about it and it's my job to do none of those things and kind of listen to her experience and also make sense of her experience. Like, yeah, it would make a lot of sense that you don't trust me anymore. And that fucking hurts to hear. You don't trust me, man. I'm, I think I'm a trustworthy person. It's easy to lash out and take that personally. But if I want to have any hope of getting that pain complete, I need to understand why she's hurt and why she doesn't trust me anymore. And I don't have to explain it. Sometimes she'll require an explanation but I do at the very least need to be available to listen to everything that she's been through until she feels good with it again. 
and take things at her pace until she feels enough trust that she can start something up with me or decide another path. And I have to be okay with that too. So this whole process is like, I think like patience is absolutely critical. I, I couldn't agree with you more that like I'm actually in it right now. And for me, I, we talked about this a little bit too before we hit record. I have this thing about wanting to get things, everything done as quickly as possible. Like I don't want to be with the discomfort of knowing that I caused this person pain. And I did, you know, it, it, it hurt. The cool thing about um, this woman is that she didn't close her heart to me. So it was very conscious. Her heart is open. Um, she, she told me she was looking for reasons to blame me and call me a liar and she couldn't is from what she said and that's great and now like what you said rob the biggest thing is is for me to validate her experience to understand how my behavior impacted her and hurt her and you know she cracked the door and she's allowing me back into her life and so it i noticed today we had a we had a a date yesterday and it was beautiful. And then in the morning I was sending texts and I'm saying, I love you. And I'm coming in kind of hot. And that's a pattern of mine as well. And she let me know like, Hey, I, I appreciate what you're doing here. And it's too, it's too much. You know, right now I need to take things moment by moment. And it hurt. Like you said, like I felt, ah, then I felt like I fucked up again. And you know, so it's, it is, it is an infinite, I have this saying, infinite patience produces immediate results. And that's a challenging thing to sit in, you know. Um, so I, I'm sitting in it right now, that infinite patience and allowing her to be exactly where she is and um, not push, not push it, like just respect her boundaries. Um, you know, I care so much about this woman and she means a lot to me. And this is a, is a, is a, a very difficult process. So if you don't have a lot of patience and you're not able to be present and, and validate her, then this isn't for you. Like it, and another thing, not you said, Rob, which was great. Like not, not being defensive, like not, I feel anger and it's, you know, it's my anger directed at me. It's in me around, man, you know, <laughs> this is on you, brother. You know, you should be feeling this. This is information in your body. Pay attention, man, you know, so you don't make the same. I don't want to call it a mistake. It's not a mistake. It was supposed to happen. I think to get to this place of clarity and then coming back around to repair and wanting to continue the relationship, going through this situation made me understand that I was operating out of a pattern, out of fear, out of past. I was projecting my past onto the present relationship. And I didn't fully understand that. I thought I was just... Uh, I'm afraid. Well, I was, well, I should be afraid because if I look at my past marriages and those 
I learned from them, but I was projecting that those things that happened were going to happen again in this one. And then that caused me to pull away. And so I, I hurt this person. So now, like you said, I want to bridge, I want to create this bridge to come back around and say, you know, this isn't an excuse, but I have, I did some self-reflection. I got some coaching. I know that my behavior hurt you. And I, I want you to continue to share more about that with me. Yeah. I, and I, I think hearing your share too brings up a couple of really valid points, right? Like the first is if you, the listener right now are like, Hey, I want to get my ex back. Part of that process is like, Hey, what pattern had me leave them or what pattern had this breakup occur in the first place? And either have I taken the time to heal from that pattern? So it was not going to happen again. And I don't extra fuck this person up after they open their heart up to me a second time. Yeah. Or am I willing to do that work with this person as I'm in relationship with them? And are they willing to accept that? Cause that's, that's a pretty messy way to go about it, but sometimes they're going to be a yes. If all those things are addressed first, it makes the process so much easier. Uh, for me, when I, when I broke things off with the gal that I'm seeing now, two things came up. One was I was so deep in people pleasing that like I had a problem saying no to any of her requests and she's a nice person. She would never take advantage of that. But I just had the inability to turn women down and mm. I could see how in the long run that would be the worst kind of situation, even if it was with a good partner, like ending up in a position where I'm constantly people pleasing, never taking care of myself by default, just from being in a relationship with a woman that needed to be addressed. The other piece for me was like, whenever I'm in a relationship, it's really easy to be like, oh, well, there are other attractive women out there. I should chase those women, right? Like I have the skill set, I have the ability. Um, and I had to decide, hey, am I going to explore the poly route? Like I, it's possible for me to fall in love with multiple people at a time. But then I get really, really jealous when that person's going out with someone else. Or do I go the mono route, right? Like one person, solo focus, much deeper relationship, much less communication issues. But then you have the same thing where it's like, oh, I should pursue all those other women. And if I didn't get clear on what I wanted before I could jump back in, she wouldn't have said yes. Like she needed to know that I was through with both of those things before she could be a yes. Cause she didn't want to fall into the same pitfall again of like, falling really deep into love and connection, trust and intimacy, and then having it pulled away from her at the last minute. And so if you're wanting to begin this process, I think one of the most important things to understand is like, hey, this is the impact that was caused. And you need to be able to point to your willingness to address whatever caused that rupture in the first place before it's gonna move on in a successful way. Otherwise, it's really easy for history to repeat itself again, and then both of you end up more hurt, more fucked up. And I think the last thing that came to mind, too, when you were speaking, Scott, and I think this is just as important, is am I... You can do it the way that Scott did, where he actually took the time to heal after the breakup, right? Take time to process with himself and get clear on his emotions. Or you can do it in a way where right after you broke up, 
you're in you're going through hell or like the next month you're just going through a shit time and then your brain is like i need this person to feel better and then you just reach out and you try to hook them back in because you want to feel better Mm. but then the minute you get them back into your life you go through the same shit again because you haven't healed yet right it's this time it's even worse both of you have shorter fuses because you haven't healed um and i i think all of these things are really critical building blocks for just beginning to rebuild that bridge. And if they're not done, it's just going to collapse again. History will repeat. Yeah, man, you bring up a lot of great points. Um, yeah. Yeah. Everything that you said, man, I'm just, I just want to echo all of that. Like, yeah, getting, you don't want to jump in too soon and, you know, drag the person back in because you're not feeling you know, you, you're, you're utilizing the relationship so you can feel better because you can't sit with your upset. Like, Oh, let me, she, I keep thinking about her. If I just get her back, I'll feel better. Like, yeah, no, don't fucking do that. That's a shitty thing to do. Like I sat with it. I sat with my behavior and the pain that it caused. And I was curious, like, that's why I reached out initially, but I sat with myself for a while. I reached out to you for for coaching and help. Like I got really clear on my pattern and I, you know, just kept self-reflecting and I'm like, Oh man, this is no wonder, no wonder this happened, you know? And, and yeah, you don't, I, I definitely didn't, I knew how much this, I knew how much I hurt this person around my behavior and I didn't want to reach out for that very reason that you said, because I needed relief. I just sat with it and felt it. And then, you know, kept asking for help. You know, I even talked to my, you know, I talked to, I needed the reflection or the advice of like an elder woman, you know, and I have this relationship now with my mother and, you know, she's a good listener and she doesn't offer me advice. She just shares. She'll tell me a story and, tell me about her and my dad or whatever the case is. And I found it to be helpful. I reached out to you. You gave me some, you know, you listened and, you know, helped me to see some blind spots that I had. So that's super helpful. And, you know, I I think my point here is, is to, to be with yourself first for a little while and, and figure out if you're looking to get this person back in your life, it's from a, a healthy place. I, one of the other things you said was, if you're doing it from a place where you're not quite healed, both of your, you're going to be, you guys are going to be really triggered because both of you are, you know, going to have short fuses. And, you know, if this person is, has the willingness to open their heart and allow you back in to love you again in that same way, it's going to take some time, man. It really is. And uh, yeah, I just think that that's a really important piece you know, to not, hurt that person again because you need relief and yeah. suck them back in yeah and and i want to add like in, in that moment for me like I've, I've had many moments of that like oh i should get back together with my ex it wasn't that bad you know she was a good person and and it it was so easy to buy into those thoughts because they felt true emotionally at that time yeah. and so like if you're going through this right now and you're thinking about your ex, you, the listener, um, and it's like, yeah, like I, you know, I really miss her. I really want her back. 
your job first and foremost is going to be sitting through that discomfort you like make it through the first month and then if that feeling is like you've healed you're over this person like when if you were to see a picture of them with someone else you'd still be okay you wouldn't fall, fall into a fit of jealousy like that's how you know you're really healed right they they've lost their ability to create an emotional sway on you and then later on down the road it's like you know I think that relationship was really good for me. Like you feel the pull again, not because you feel bad, but because there's like a legitimate reason you're doing good in your life. Everything is going well. And you're like, fuck, I really messed up. Like this person, I, I want them back. That's when you're, that's when you're truly really in the clear. But up until that point, like during the breakup process, we're going through this weird, it's like the happy neurotransmitters all get cut down. So you're, you're naturally going to want to be with this person to make it end. It's going to feel like shit. Um, and your brain will give you whatever reason it can to make sure that you go back so that the suffering ends. You got to weather the storm. Otherwise, as, as we mentioned before, like anytime that you go through any kind of grief or loss, your nervous system cranks up a point or two. Eventually some of us, and, and this includes me, I, I had gotten to a point where my nervous system was probably at like, a seven or an eight out of 10, meaning someone could just look at me the wrong way on the freeway. And I'd start trying to like cut them off or like, there'd be a thought in my head of like, just like following them back to their home and setting their lawn on fire. I was not, I was not in a healthy place. Like I never did that, but it, like the thought was so strong at that time. And it's because I didn't take time off in between relationships. I just kept on building up more and more of that loss and pain. Um, so I think that's one of the most important caveats, but let's say that you get there. Let's talk about how do you begin that conversation? So my suggestion is this, and it's going to feel like the most difficult text that you've ever sent because you're putting yourself on the line. You're leaving yourself kind of weak and vulnerable and exposed. That's going to, that's going to be how it feels. You might not want to send this text, but as far as I can tell, this is one of the only ways to reinitiate. And it's like, hey, I think I made a mistake and I'd like to try again with you. And I'm willing to listen to your experience. I want to hear what this was like for you. Like one way or another, I want to get this complete with you. If you haven't, if you haven't held space for this person yet, it's critical that you offer to do so because this will help them heal enough to begin considering whether or not they want to begin to go with you again. I think it's tempting to add more to that text, but I think that's probably a good place to start. And then you wait. If you don't hear back, you do not swing again. You leave it alone. That person does not want to begin again with you. But if you hear back, then that's your glimmer of hope. They've cracked and opened the door enough that you can begin this process. And if they do so, it's really important that you don't betray that trust. Don't blow up on them. Um, I did this with a friend that I, I cut out of my life in a really mean way, like multiple times. I kept on promising that I wouldn't. Then I would just cut her out again because I'm fucking conflict avoidant. And so the last time that we did that song and dance where I apologized and I asked to hear what it was like for her, she basically yelled at me for 30 minutes. And like, there were some pretty mean accusations. <laughs> yeah. And I, 
I wanted to react, right? I wanted to defend myself that entire time. It just hurt to be a part of it. Um, and afterwards, she was like, I don't even know if I want to be friends with you anymore. And that was the end of the call. Ouch. Le left it alone. We're really good friends now. Like, she came back around two months later because that call was enough for her to heal and be heard. And, like, she felt sufficient trust. She felt calmed down enough that we could begin being friends again. And so... I guess I throw that in because you have to be aware, like that might be what happens, right? You you might just get a, a woman who is so angry at you for the pain that you've inflicted on her that she just yells at you for the entire call. Your job is to not react. Your job is to not get mad, to not make her wrong for being hurt. Your job is to listen and try to reflect back what you hear. And if you can't do that, let her know and then call her back later on once you've had time to calm down. But do not react. That will blow everything up to a point that's irredeemable. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like, that's the whole thing, man. If, if you're going to be reactive and defensive, then forget about it. Like, it's just, there's no way. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's not going to work. Like, blaming her for, you know, you being upset is, you know, <laughs> it's defeating the whole point of it. Yeah, I, I agree with you hundred percent on that one, Rob, for sure. Yeah. And, um, what? Well, yeah, you're going to be tested in that way. That's she's going to text you, whether it test you, whether it's conscious or unconscious, you know, that's the test in your response or reaction. If you can respond with holding space and, and being with your upset while she's laying into you, that's going to let her know, that you're safe, you can be trusted. But the minute you react, that's just going to shut her down and be like, fuck you. You can't be trusted. You're not a safe person. You're the one that fucked up and you're reaching out to me and you're yelling at me and I was giving you the opportunity. So yeah, I would do what Rob said. If you're going to react and you know this, then take a time out and re come back when you can um, you know, there's nothing wrong with taking a time out and coming back and revisiting and say, Hey, I'm really triggered right now. Just to own it. Like tell her the truth. I feel like, like, I feel like I'm going to explode right now. And this isn't a good time for me. I got, I'm going to have to take some space and I'll come back. Let me come back to this because I feel like I'm going to be reactive. And I feel like that's the healthiest thing to do. And that's going to let her know, Hey, you know, he's really aware of that of himself and this isn't going to, you know, it might upset her, but I think that upset versus screaming at her or yelling at her, or invalidating her, or negating her experiences is, is is a better move because you're not reacting. It's like, hey, I got to take good care of myself. I'll get back with you. And um, yeah, man, that's it's it's hard. There was something that I wanted to say around what I'm going through right now, and. Um, I'm noticing this, there's two, there's another relationship in my life that I'm dealing with, with my daughter. Mm. She cracked the door open and met with me and we hadn't talked for years and she fucking laid into me, dude. I remember, you know, I'll never forget this. She fucking hammered me and it was, this is my daughter and just, you did this and you did that. And I just sat there and took it and was like, even though there may be some inaccuracies in her perceptions of 
how I behaved in the past, then it isn't the time to address that. If you're repairing the relationship, you just are there as a stand-in to, it, does, I, it wasn't abusive. You're not, you don't have to stand there and take, you know, verbal abuse, you know, by any means. I'm not saying, I'm condoning that, but it's like, you upset this person, you hurt them by around your behavior and they're going to project some of that onto you. And if you can't be with it and hold their upset and your own, it's going to be shitty. And to speak to the point about my daughter, the reason that the reason that the relationship continues to grow and develop is because of that fact she, my daughter used to experiencing me as being very reactive. And so she had this narrative about me that I was going to be that way when she saw me after all those years. And that didn't occur. And that is starting to bridge the gap between, you know, how I used to be and who I am now and her willingness to allow me back into her life. And so I'm noticing this commonality with the woman that I'm talking about recently that we're in the process of repairing the relationship. And it's a very slow process that there was many, many times that I was triggered by what she was saying because it hurt because, and she's letting me know your behavior hurt me. And it was hard for me to hear it like fuck. And so I was, you know, I'm like angry and upset and feeling all these feelings. And I just, instead of like, throwing it back at her while trying to defend myself. I just sat with it and allowed her to process it. And what I noticed is over the course of just a few days, how much she softened and continuing to open her heart more just in these little actions or these, she's allowing me in closer. It might be like holding her hand. It might be a kiss on the cheek. Whereas before it was like, you're lucky you have my ear. And so I've noticed with me being patient over time that the opportunity for more intimacy and closeness is, you know, um, is, is becoming more available. Um, and that's due to being patient and, and that person deserves that, especially, you know, I, I was the one that cut the relationship off and she's super hurt. And that feels like shit knowing that I did that to someone. And so I'm not at her mercy, but it's like, it's, it's challenging because you do feel that way. Like you have no power, but the power is in the patience for sure. That's where your power lies. Like being infinitely patient. I feel like that that's it because that's the proof that you're not a reactive asshole, that you mean what you say, that by doing, being patient is like doing nothing, right? But it's proving to her that you're safe and you can be trusted. And I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, heavy resonance with that. Proving that you're safe. I feel like that's kind of like a, a brilliant summary of the skill set that you need to embody if you're going to be embarking on this journey. Um, 
that is all she's looking for, right? I think if she's willing to talk with you again, she loves you, she wants this to work, but you know, her nervous system has been so shaken up by the past experiences that she's gone through with you that she can't say yes yet. If you can prove that you are safe to her through your actions and the way that you show up by not getting super reactive. And what I mean by that is you get defensive, you try to cut her down or insult her, you get angry, you start yelling, cuss her out. None of those things are going to work in your favor. But the one kind of reactiveness that does work in your favor is if you allow yourself to experience the pain that she's felt when she's telling you about what she went through, how scared she was when that one moment happened and you allow that pain to, to, to run through your own experience for you to be in her shoes and experience what she felt. And then you feel that sadness and that hurt. If you allow yourself to feel that and she can see that in you, you're crying or like, you're being impacted by what she's gone through and you show that to her that will help her get complete faster than anything else that you could do. But it's your willingness to adopt her perspective and feel what she felt in that moment that will go a long, long, long way. I'm going to give you some magic words that will get you further along in these interactions. And there will be some of the hardest things that you will have ever said. Then the words are, I'm sorry I hurt you. Mm. It's not, I'm sorry that you feel that way about how we interacted, right? It's not, it's not kind of subtly deflecting it. It's right. for one moment in time, acknowledging her perspective. Hey, this person really fucking hurt me. And you have to own that. If you don't, it's like you never apologized in the first place. It's like you never reached out in the first place. But owning that can be really hard. And for me, every time it feels like I'm setting myself up on the executioner's block. Okay, I've condemned myself. This person's going to tear me apart for saying this thing. But for every woman that I've dated, every woman that I've apologized to, they've all taken that graciously. They've never used that to cut me down later on. They've melted from that point, it allows them to get complete. And that's kind of the thing. This is, in a lot of ways, a gift. Even if she doesn't come back around, the opportunity is, like, I can give someone closure in a way that they've never experienced before, right? I am, as Scott was saying, I'm a stand-in for every man who's hurt her in the past or who's walked out or done something and not honored their word, whatever it was, cheated on her. And if I can take a moment to humble myself enough to apologize for the pain that I've caused, she's probably never gotten that before in her life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's a healing opportunity that she's never experienced before. So that's your gift. That can be your apology. That's enough to make up for what's happened in the past. So just being willing to take on that frame, I think goes quite a long way in this process. But yeah, I, I think it took me a long time to get to that point. I really, the first time I said it, it was, it felt like, like going to the dentist's office mixed with going to the principal's office, both at the same time is like, oh fuck, ah oh, fuck. But part of me knew like that I needed to own my shit with this person. Up until that point, I was always the guy that would like sort of apologize. I would like 
buy them a gift or take them out, right? But I would never outright say like, hey, I'm really sorry for the impact that I had on you. It would always be like, I'm sorry you took it that way, right? Like put it mm -hmm. on them. Yeah. And like, it, yeah, like as Scott was like kind of just wincing at that. And if you're listening to that right now, if someone apologized to you like that, it'd be like, what the fuck was that? Like, that's not, that's nothing. That's like it's you just blaming me. me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like what? Wait, what? You're, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I thought I was getting an apology, but now you're blaming me for everything. You fucking walked out, and it's my fault because you're running some pattern. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so don't do that. Don't do that, warriors. Um, if you are going to apologize, actually apologize. Own your shit. Don't try to sidestep it. Take it yeah. to the chin. Yep. And also don't do it over text and don't do it over the phone. Like I, I, I won't do conflict in through either one of those mediums. I prefer not to do it over zoom, like in person. Um, so they can see you so you can see them and, and the impact that you're about to impart. Like, so you can feel them too. Like it, I, I get why people ghost other people because you don't have to face that person. You don't have to feel the pain that they're about to go through. And that's, I think that's cowardly, man. Like if you're going to be man enough to take on the responsibility of being in a relationship with someone and you're going to end it, I think you should do it the same way. You didn't, I'm imagining you, you know, you didn't begin the relationship over, a text well you probably could i mean that's possible that <laughs> that's how a lot of relationships actually start sliding in someone's dms or whatever but i think for something as monumental as this that's going to have a pretty big impact that it should be done in person um I, I, to me anyway like that was the hard I, i've ghosted people before and um yeah when you have to sit with someone and look them in the eye and hold space while they cry like that's, I think that's powerful also, like it sucks, but it's also like this person had the balls to not just flake out on me, actually sit here and hold space while I'm upset. It, I was, I, you know, I was scared. Like she going to snap on me and hit me in the head with a fucking iron or throw something at me. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I didn't know what the impact was going to be. And just to sit there and be with that person while they were upset, you know, it was hard, super hard. Yeah. That's, that's some powerful work. And I think that's as far as I can tell, the only mechanism that I know that works consistently to get her back into your life. And it's just like a demonstration of like, in a lot of ways, it's just a demonstration of change and growth, right? It's like, hey, I'm capable of being with this person in their discomfort. And I wasn't before. That's why I left, right? <sighs> and so I guess I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we can throw in here that would be actionable and straightforward for anyone who wants to proceed with this right now today. Mm. Anything coming up for you, man? 
Yeah. Well, you mentioned something earlier in the podcast in the very beginning about like opening with a with a text or maybe a phone call, like uh, or maybe a text asking, "Are you open to a phone call?" Um, there's something I'd like to I'd like to ask you, and I don't want to do it over a text um, or maybe you know a Zoom call so I can look in your eyes. Like that's one of the things that I did. It was like anytime there's conflict. Any, let's just, I'll use this particular relationship. Anytime there was conflict, I kind of said from the beginning, like, I don't want it to be done over text or a phone call. I would like to see you in person. And that's hard for a lot of people. That was hard for me because typically I just want to get, you know, get it over with and just get it out of the way. Like, and I noticed that a lot of, a lot more conflict ensues over text or a phone call but when the person's right in front of you like i said you can see their face you can you can feel into what's going on and um i would say yeah you know text are you open for a phone call there's something really important i'd like to share with you and i i don't want to do it over a text i do you know i'd like to meet you for coffee if you're open to that if that feels good for you you know let put it on them Hey, if this feels good for you, I'd like to meet with you. I'd like to have a conversation and, and, you know, kind of leave it there. Not a big, long three, four, five fucking paragraph text. Like just here's one of the things that I've noticed about women and men. Men need to be concise and direct and just like, hey, uh, hey, so-and-so, I'd like to meet you for coffee at 530 at Spot Coffee on Tuesday, there's something really important I'd like to share with you. It, you know, boom, that's it. Send the text or if it feels good for you, would you meet me here? I've got something important I'd like to share with you. And I don't want to do it over a phone call or text. Are you open to that? Yeah. And some, sometimes I'll throw in and I'm open to suggestions. Like to give, not to be like, this is my way or the highway. It's like, hey, this is what I'm thinking, and I'm also considering you as well. Yeah, I like that framework. Showing that you're willing to work with the person rather than needing it to all be catered to what you want in the moment is important. And I, I, I feel like I feel like the way that I've done it in the past too, I, I also include the incentive for them so they know what's coming in a lot of ways. It's like, hey, I'd like to apologize to you in person or over the phone. And once you're there, you can make your apology, but you also want to make sure that it's not you just unburdening your guilt onto this other person. You also have to leave room for them to share their experience, at which point I would ask like, hey, um, would you tell me what it was like for you being with me? Like, I want I want yeah. to give you an opportunity to like let it all out. I'm sorry if when we were together, you didn't have the chance for that. And I bring this, this in this situation, I bring it up, like, if you left on bad terms, you have to do this step. If you didn't, if you did like a nice conscious uncoupling like Scott, where the two of you got together, you had good, deep conversations, then in an embodied way, left one another without any fighting. It was just like, okay, I understand and see you. I understand and see you. We're going off on our separate paths. Then like what Scott mentioned is totally like that's that's perfect 
if you left something incomplete with that other person, then it requires ownership. And I would go through the front door with this format instead. Yeah, man, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Expect right through the front door with exactly the way that you said it. Absolutely. That's important. Yeah. If you left things undone, yeah, you got to make it right. And, uh, that there's, I don't think there's any other way to do it, but what, you, but, but, but the way that you just said for sure. Yeah. I'm like, I'm thinking about like guys that I have heard of that will just like continue to buy their woman, like big expensive things like necklaces or watches, jewelry in an attempt to make amends. Right. And you just keep on buying things. And the problem with that is it doesn't resolve the underlying issue. And at a certain point, she's going to feel like you're trying to bribe her away from her anger, or she'll learn that that's the most effective way of interacting with you. It's like, I just have to pretend to be angry and he'll send me something expensive, not what you want. You're not addressing the underlying hurt. And until that's addressed, she's going to still hold that over your head and be mad at you. So yeah, that was some additional incentive. Just get it clear guys. Um, <laughs> and I think that's all I have for today. No, that's great, man. Like it's so fresh and happening for me right now that like just to have this conversation is medicine, like in to bounce ideas off of you and to share this with people be, because, you know, um, it's possible. Like it, it's really possible. Like if you do some self-reflection and you feel like this, per like I know this person is an incredible, incredible person. And I feel awful that I hurt her. And I told her this, like it, it, it's, yeah, you got to do some self-reflection. You got to make sure that you're clear when you want to come back. If you're considering wanting to get back with this person and the reasons why, and, you know, and like you said, ownership is, is it's number one. Like you got to own that your behavior had an impact on her or him and apologize. Like, I love that, Rob, what you said, that was really powerful. Like, and not being reactive, like all the things, there's so much gold in there. Um, and especially the non-reactive thing and as dudes, I think that's one of the hard, if you don't have a handle on your fucking anger, man, forget about it. Like you need, I wouldn't consider getting into a relationship until I worked on that part of, you know, myself, because that was the, that was the crux of the matter in all of my, all of the downfalls of my relationship is I had no understanding of my anger and, you know, it, it ruined a lot and having, if you want to have a chance with this person or any person, you're going to have to work on that and not be reactive for sure. Yeah. And if you don't have a handle on your anger, reach out to Scott. I'm going to put his information in the description down below. <laughs> Get some coaching. This is yeah, actually man. very, it's very addressable, but you have to be able to work through it in person with another guy that gets it before you can get a handle on it. It's really hard to just try to do it on your own. Anger is one of those emotions that just keeps burning. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And, and I realized it's the driving force underneath rage is the problem for me. Cause that would come out sideways. Anger is what drives me. Like I get angry and it like at all of the, 
inhumane things that are happening in, in, in the world. And it drives me to want to do something to be better, to fix myself, to be not fix myself. I'm not broken, but to just be better. <laughs> so anger is a fucking, I feel like it's the driving force, the undercurrent in my life, the energy that drives me to want to help other men. I don't want to see other men go through divorces and their kids not talking to them or ending up in a relationship where this, a woman or a man never wants to speak to this person again. And you just keep going from relationship to relationship, thinking, trading in the people and then wondering why you keep attracting the same person because you're the one common denominator. And until you address your issues, you're going to keep the universe will give you the same lesson until you fucking master it. And that's what I've done over the course of the last 25 years is look at myself, keep self-reflecting. And so, yeah, thanks for the, thanks for the, the shout out, Rob. I appreciate you, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I know we're, we're a little over on time, but, but I think we're, we're okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. And I think that's the goal, right? Like anger can be used as fuel as long as you have it on a controlled burn. I think before I had my anger under control, you know, I, I would try to, I would try to process it by just getting angry, you know, like at the other drivers in my vicinity by yelling in my car. I'd get like, I'd be like one of those really fucking aggressive drivers on the road. And what was insane to me, like even looking back right now is like, no matter what I did with it, it would just grow. It'd get more and more out of control until everything was rubbing me the wrong way. More recently, I have it under control. I can see ways to use it to incentivize myself to take action. But it's like, I think there's this, it's like with a fire, I need to learn how to quench it down to a point that it's manageable. If my entire house is on fire, it doesn't make sense for me to try to barbecue with it. But if I can get it down to like a campfire, then yeah, that's, that's a tool that I can use. And I, I think learning to modulate the anger and release the unnecessary amounts of it, like an excess of anger, that, that makes it a, a valuable tool as opposed to like a destructive force. So those are my thoughts. And I think, I think maybe we call it here. Yeah, I love it. Yep. I, that, fantastic. Yep. Yep. Don't, don't use your house being on fire to roast hot dogs or weenies <laughs> condense it down to to a manageable size and you can roast your weenies over that and that's how you get her back everyone yeah yep. that's that's the <laughs> that's the hot fucking dogs. recipe <laughs> Yeah, we really took a detour at the end there, but 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 still still relevant. I think I think anger is like the number one number one emotion that guys grapple with, aside from like sadness. Yeah, I think you're right, man. And and if it's if your anger is unmanageable, it's gonna burn down the closest relationships that you have. And until you get it under control and manageable, and you can deal with it and hold it and be with it, it's it it's you're going to be in a better space. You're going to be in a space that you can start to nurture and heal the relationships that you have. So, yeah. A hundred percent. That is actually, yeah, that resonates hard. I, I burned down a lot of relationships 
because I didn't have my anger under control. So yeah, that's super relevant. And I think we have a podcast on anger as well. Um, yeah. And if you were looking for tips on how to break up properly, if you are looking how to, for how to have a clean breakup at the end of your relationship, we also have another podcast episode there. So search through that playlist and you will be sure to find it. In the meantime, if you got something out of this episode, be sure to leave us a rating, a comment, a like, or a subscribe. Uh, those things all help us out a lot in the long run. And we're going to keep on doing this regardless of whether or not you do it. But it's also nice seeing those numbers shoot up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of cool to know that there are people out there besides me and Rob that are into this podcast. But we're having a blast doing it. So, you know, it would be nice if you get some benefit from the podcast to share it with someone that would be super helpful. We appreciate you guys. For real. All right, I'm going to go grab that watermelon. Love you guys. Thank you for being here. Peace.